my journey took me years to figure out, years to figure out. My regimen is so tight that it is almost like I'm taking a pill that does the same thing every single day. And it's taken me years to develop that. And nobody's helped me on that. No, there's not been one person who's been like, oh, Rob, you need to smoke this because this is going to be the greatest. This is something that we have to do ourselves. And so, you know, going back to these tours, that's why they're important. That's why it's good marketing is because I'm not trying to market a product to you. What I'm trying to market to you is your own empowerment, is your own knowledge base that you can take within your own hands And you can take that journey and find out for yourself. And all it's going to cost you is the ability to be uncomfortable for a short amount of time. You're listening to To Be Blunt, the podcast for cannabis marketers where your host Shada Taravi and her guests are trailblazing the path to marketing, educating, and professionalizing cannabis. Light one up and listen up. Here's your host, Shada Taravi. Hello, everybody. It's the most wonderful time of the year, at least for cannabis consumers, because if you are unaware, you should become aware that tomorrow is 420. There's a total, you know, folklore story behind why 420 is 420. I'm not going to spend time getting into the nitty gritty of that today. All I'm here to do is say it's a major, major event for cannabis marketers. Everybody is taking advantage of it, whether they're doing a discount or a deal or some sort of conference or promotional event. It's a day to celebrate being a cannabis consumer. And so I want to kick off today's episode by highlighting a few things I'm going to be participating in. First and foremost, tomorrow, I'm going to be moderating a panel with General Assembly. How cool is that? They're having a women in cannabis panel. And on the panel are going to be women representing cannabis from a few key markets. We're going to have someone from Cresco Labs in California, which is a huge cannabis brand kind of um, umbrella. They they represent a lot of different brands in the California market. And so I'm really keen on getting connected and hearing more about their story. And then there is going to be a woman from Verano Holdings, which is a cannabis holding company headquartered in Chicago, which Illinois went legal last year. And I haven't really explored Illinois yet, but I'm really excited to go later this year for another hemp conference that I'll be speaking at. But really excited to learn more about Chicago's cannabis scene. And so I think it's just going to be a really good discussion to kind of lean into. And the event is free. It's free tomorrow. So make sure you grab the link from one of my social channels. I've been promoting it. If you don't see it, feel free to DM me. You don't want to miss that one. And then later this week to continue the celebration here in Texas, we are, you know, home to Mr. Willie Nelson and Willie Nelson's birthday. How fortunate for him, right? This man loves cannabis and his birthday is like the precursor to the stoner holiday of 420. So he's actually kicking off the first of his own cannabis conference, and it's going to be called Luck Summit. And I have the pleasure of moderating three incredible panels that are going to take place over the course of the next couple days. And those can all be found at lucksummit.com. I'm going to be moderating a panel on, you know, hemp's 50,000 uses from feed to rope to, you know, clothing and fiber and things like that. In addition, to obviously what we love to do with the plant, which is 
personal consumption. And then I'm going to be moderating a panel on cannabinoids, kind of, you know, debunking, does CBD get you high? And answering questions around other minor cannabinoids like Delta 8 and Delta 10 and CBG and CBN. So that'll be really fun. And then the last panel that I'm moderating is one on terps, terpenes, such an important conversation to be having. And I've got a great lineup of speakers who are going to be on these panels with me. And I encourage you to check that event out as well. And again, all those links are going to be on my social media channels. And so, yeah, I just wanted to highlight some of the great opportunities that I'm personally involved in to kind of kick off 420 this year. But I really want to know what you guys are going to be up to. So please reach out. Let me know how you're celebrating. I know we're doing some deals and fun stuff in my retail dispensary at Restart CBD. So yeah, whether you're speaking at something or doing something in your shop, obviously 420 is a big deal. So just want to kind of highlight it, make some space for it and look forward forward to what's going to unfold this week in the cannabis community. But with that out of the way, we're going to talk and dive right into today's episode. I'm really excited because I have a really fun guest. His name is Robbie Roblowski, and he is from Seed and Smith, which is a cannabis dispensary in the Denver, Colorado area. And what makes this dispensary unique is they, prior to the pandemic, I should highlight, they were introducing grow tours, essentially. They were introducing this tour from um, a consumer perspective that allowed you to see the grow. It allowed you to see, you know, them kind of processing and let the consumer hold cannabis. I remember, you know, prior to getting in the industry, what, what an opportunity it was to be up close and personal with the plant. And so, getting to hear their story and how they leverage that as part of how they were building their brand um, is something that I'm really excited to just, you know, share with you guys because it's a really interesting story and there's a lot that we can learn on top of it. They're vertically integrated. So we dive into strains and genetics and kind of get into some of the plant side discussion of what it's like to take a plant to market. And so without further ado, we're going to let Robbie introduce himself and get on with this episode. Thanks y'all. My name is Robbie Robluski. I am the uh, director of community outreach for Seton Smith. My job pretty much pertains to really driving education and reducing stigma for cannabis, um, along with, you know, the typical branding and marketing that goes with any kind of cannabis brand. And I do a lot of, do a lot of specialization with products, um, understanding the products that we are serving to the community and understand, uh, understanding the effects and, and everything in the background of that. I originally came into cannabis in 2011. I started a, I started on the trim table, just like everybody who comes to the cannabis industry does. Um, and, I, and I've worked in every sector of, of the cannabis industry. So I've, I've worked in trim, I've worked in grow, uh, worked in grows, I've worked in extraction, and I've even done some bud tending for a while. Um, so I, I tend to understand the really all around like how how the business operates especially here in Colorado um, with our own regulations um, so that's a bit of my background on, on what I do in cannabis I came into cannabis from uh, journalism actually I was a journalist uh, for a few years I graduated in 2008 and I was a Sadly, I graduated into a recession in one of the most saturated fields and that was dying. I kind of transitioned uh, my hobby into my profession and my profession into my hobby. And they've just kind of, they kind of melded together over that time. And uh, here I am now doing marketing and branding for, uh, for the Seed and Smith brand and uh, really trying to make a name for myself in the sense that like, this is something that I've, that I've looked at for 
oh my god 20 years now i've been smoking weed for 20 years oh my god um and i've been doing this professionally for about 10 so you know it's 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 been it's been a really good time trying to figure out you know the the intricacies and the differences of this industry versus any other one that's been out there. So one of the things I want to kind of highlight, which we were talking offline before we started recording, which is, I think, a really relevant conversation to start this discussion from, is the observation of the brand that Seedon Smith has built. I want to get into, you do dispensary tours, you show everybody kind of, you know, from growing to extracting, they get to hold weed when they're going through the tour, all these fun aspects of kind of, you know, the vertical integration essentially aspect of a brand. But what I observed specifically about your brand is that you treat it like a brand. And I think that most Colorado companies are not necessarily treating their brands like a brand. I think what I observe is that, you know, weed is legal in Colorado. And so most people are just selling weed and buying weed and and it's fun and awesome. But I think that there is a obvious need to differentiate a brand and create a brand. And so I'm just curious like, where did that decision come from for Seed and Smith to want to be a brand in this space and to create this experience for consumers to touch and feel and smell the plant and be educated when so much of your peers are just, for lack of, you know, intensive purposes or for all intents and purposes, just selling weed? Yeah, no, um, you know, one of the interesting things about that is that we're kind of a young team. A lot of our team members, a lot of our directorial staff has has come from the industry or come from other industries such as hospitality or um, even even the, the hospital industry, um, medical industry. And um, because we're young, we didn't really have a lot of that brand awareness that was there at the beginning. Like people didn't know who we were. And so that's where it started. Like, okay, well, we need to kind of make a name for ourselves and we need to be vocal with how we do this. Like, it it can't just be that we're growing weed and we're selling it. Like, everybody's growing weed at this point. They're all selling it. Um, So what differentiates us? That's where that whole idea of, well, we're going to be different because we want people, we want the populace to be educated about this. We're not just going to, we're not going to leave you to your own devices and, and leave you to, you know, anecdotal evidence of sativa versus indica or anything like that. Like we want you to understand what we as an industry and what we are growing and how we grow it and what we put into it and the science that we can attest to behind all that. You know, when we were when we were just talking briefly before this, uh, we we both mentioned that there there's so much there's so many variables within cannabis um, that the consumer doesn't know about. That well, okay, let's give them some light into that. Let's show them how hard it is to let's show them how hard it is to create a production a production scale grow because frankly anybody can grow six plants in their tent um, and get pretty good results try growing 1500 plants in 12 different rooms and, you know, continually, continually rotating those and continually harvesting those um, and, and creating great plants and creating great bud. Um, That's, that's a really hard process. And I think that people, people have gravitated to us because we are transparent about that. We're transparent about our operations and, and our best practices. So it's something that we that we will continue to drive. And it's something that we will continue to talk about with our consumers because everybody knows that if somebody holds the knowledge that they need to in order to make an informed decision and they're still coming to our shop to buy cannabis, that is the best customer that we can have. 
I think what you've highlighted is, and what I always love to do is kind of listen to our guests and then kind of reverb it back for the listener just to kind of hear how, and I mean this in the utmost like respect, of course, marketing, if done well, is really rudimentary. (laughs) And it sounds like you've done what I try to stress to people on this podcast all the time, which is low-hanging fruit. As a marketer, we can get caught up in wanting to be big and flashy and obviously having new campaigns and trying to recreate the wheel. But you've highlighted a plan that is really really simple, not to, again, dumb it down, but it is, it's really simple. It's like, Hey, people want to buy products. They might not be fully educated on what the hell they're buying. Let me help empower them to know what it is they're buying so that they have the best experience. And when they have a good experience, they're going to be advocates of not only your brand because you helped educate and empower them, but ultimately of the plant. And so that's something very much that resonates with me because that's an approach that we take with our dispensary here in Austin is just, I'll be the first to say, I don't care I always care, but I don't care if someone wants to shop with me or not, but if they come to us because someone told them, hey, those CBD sisters are going to educate me, then I want to help educate people because I realize that those consumers are the influencers. They're spending their money places. They're impacting the industry. They're also the voters. And so if these people can walk away with a nugget of information that helps make them more fanatic about cannabis, that in return empowers them to be more of a fan of my brand, then I did a job well done. I believe so. So it sounds like y'all have kind of taken a very similar approach in sense of, again, it's like, we're growing the plants. We're learning from an industry perspective, what the hell we're doing. Why don't we just like show consumers that aspect of the industry? When I was just a consumer before I got into this industry, you know, I, I, uh, I grew up with a debilitating disease. I, I had a Guillain-Barre syndrome. And so I've, I've been in leg braces since I was 10 years old and I've had chronic pain. My journey in cannabis didn't start until I was really about 16, 17 years old when I started experimenting with cannabis because I was sick of painkillers and I was sick of opioids and, and antidepressants and uh, yada, 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 like a shopping list of meds. And I started this journey by myself, zero knowledge, zero ability to like find knowledge on, on cannabis and literally just talking to every drug dealer I could find to be like, Hey, what kind of weed do you have? And, and everybody would just say the same thing. Like, Oh, it's fire, man. It's, it's, it's just fire. It's straight fire. Okay. That doesn't really help me. Right. I was out there on my own in a sea of, in a sea of nothingness when it comes to knowledge about cannabis. And I had to do that entire journey by myself. I don't want people to go through that. I don't want somebody in their forties or fifties. that's just now realizing that they can use this as a medicine to be out there on their own. They don't need to be. There's so many of us and there's so many good marketers or so many good educators within the cannabis community that just pointing them in the right direction is a huge help that giving them the idea that you don't need to look at percentages, man, <laughs> you, you don't need to look at the THC percentage for the, for the flower. You need to follow your nose or you need to, or you need to think about what it is that you're trying, what, what ailment you're trying to help out. And, you know, just starting that process with somebody really humanizing the process helps people dramatically. Um, and it reduces the stigma of everything that we're doing. 
you alluded that, you know, we, we all started out medicinal and then we bring on recreational and that, and that kind of is counterintuitive to each other. Um, but I mean, it's, it's not really because if, if I'm using this as medicine and it allows me to be outside and it allows me to be active and it allows me to climb mountains, which doctors told me I never would be able to, I am recreationally using it too. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm using it to like have fun and, and enjoy myself. And so giving people just that starter, just that ignition of, of thought process that, yeah, man, like you can do a lot with this plant and there's a lot that it can do to you, you know, start living it, start realizing it and start realizing what you can do with it. Um, and we're that first stop for people. And it changed a lot last year when we had to stop in-person tours and move to a virtual realm. That was the beginning of, of really reaching out to a national audience, um, a Colorado brand that we, that we're, we've only ever been in Colorado. Um, and all of our, all of our employees are from the Colorado market. I've been reaching out to people in Utah, Texas, Florida, uh, South Carolina, Virginia, like people in states that are, that are deeply rooted in not legalizing. Um, and they're just curious. They're, they're just, they're just curious about the plant. It's not that they, it's not that they smoke every day. It's that, it's that they just had this appreciation to access knowledge. And that's one thing that I've always told people is that knowledge is not illegal. The plant may be illegal in your state, but the, the knowledge of it is not. You highlighted your personal experience, which really resonated with me of just buying weed from, you know, X, Y, or Z drug dealer and, and wanting to have some sort of understanding of what it is you're purchasing. I think a lot of people, especially in Texas can relate. In fact, I get asked a lot, you know, what is my favorite strain? And for the longest time while I was and, and remain a cannabis consumer in all of its capacities, I was pretty uneducated in that regard, just because there, there wasn't really any education happening during those transactions. It was a transaction. It was, I want to buy weed. I would like to be high. Here is some, like you said, it's fire, but it was all fire. And there was, you know, or maybe I'd be like, is this Indica or Sativa? And they're like, yeah, yeah, Indica. That's what you wanted. Right. And you're like, wait, but actually this isn't doing that for me. It's not knocking me out. And so I just want to kind of re-emphasize that point because as someone personally who has been a fan of this plant has used the plant. It wasn't until pretty much maybe recently. I mean, I've been in the industry professionally going on three and a half years, um, been a cannabis consumer for 15 years, but I really didn't touch or even see a cannabis plant up close until three and a half, four years ago. And that moment for me was so incredible because again, it's like, I've only ever seen like a nug, you know, you buy it, maybe you get a gram, maybe, maybe you're lucky you get an ounce. This is what a nug looks like. It's trimmed. I had never seen a flower or colas or understood the makeup of the plant or gotten to see trichomes up close and personal. And I was really fortunate. I had a friend in Denver actually, who in, um, invited me into one of their private tours um, of their grow house. It was like an inside grow. And I just remember her being like, you can touch the plants, you can smell them. And I was like, oh my God, this is the coolest experience I've ever had. And, and just, I, again, I'm more of a consumer. So for me, it was a little bit 
more close to home because of how important the plant is to me personally. But I can imagine a regular consumer who's only ever experienced with cannabis is what media has said or what they've heard on the news. Now they're maybe entering an opportunity where they can purchase the plant from a legal stay or even get exposed to CBD and hemp flower and things like that. But that educational piece is just so foreign to most people. They they don't actually have a chance to see the plant or to smell to learn about these different pieces of education that I understand the the imposition of what COVID has done to so many businesses. And it's cool to hear how you've kind of taken a, a poor situation and leveraged it to bring your brand from an education perspective to a national audience. But I still think there is some relevancy, of course, and absolutely in the sense of just being able to be a piece to someone's journey, being a little plug that helps empower them. I mean, if you go to YouTube, you can see all the many videos of all the plants. So for me, I can totally go get educated elsewhere, but being able to find a brand that resonates with you, maybe they got to shop at your dispensary. Maybe they talked to one of your bud tenders. Maybe they heard an article that you did. Maybe they're listening to this podcast and they're getting to hear about Seed and Smith for the first time. To me as a marketer, these are all really key integral parts in someone's journey, not just as a consumer of making a purchase of a plant, but really a consumer of cannabis, of, of knowing about it, of being able to connect the dots of like you highlighted. Yes, cannabis can be empowering for you from a medicinal perspective to be able to go hike a mountain that maybe you thought you weren't ever going to be able to do, but connecting the dots and working backwards from weed is legal. You can buy it. There might be some that will help you feel better, but now it's like, well, which one, how do I start navigating that? And who do you turn to? And so I think y'all being in a position of kind of taking that head on is, is just so important for this industry to continue having that conversation. And from a marketing perspective too, and you're going to have to keep reminding me that this is for marketers and not the consumers, but for the marketers out there, like, yes, this is not only a tool to empower the consumer, it's a tool to empower you. We have so little information about who has all the buying power. What what consumer base has the buying power in cannabis? People think that it's going to be these young guns that are 22, 23 years old, just out on the market and all that kind of stuff. No, those, those 22, 23 year olds have all been smoking legal weed for a long time now. Like they started smoking weed and it was all legal here in Colorado, at least. That's crazy to me. It's mind boggling to me that like you could start your journey <laughs> with legal, with a legal weed. <laughs> um, but you know, they don't necessarily have all the buying power. A lot of the buying power is in the 45 plus market. And these are the people that come to me. These are the people that come to our brand. They're there to learn 22, 23 year olds. When they come on the tour, you know, they're there for the experience because it's like, oh man, we're here with the weed. Like we're here, like blah, blah, blah you know, like all, all the, all the fan, like, they just want to hold the pound really. photos for Instagram. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but I mean, I get, I get full tours of 50 plus 60 year old plus. Um, and they're, they're just curious. They're just so curious about every aspect. Like, half of them could give a shit less about how we grow the product. They just want to know like, okay, so what's this going to do to them? Like, what's this going to do to me? Can you, can you make this inedible? Is this an oil? Can you, how do you consume this? Um, and they're, and that's the people that are out there. They're, they're buying incredible amounts because they want to experiment with everything. Every single one of them wants to start out on edibles because none of them smoke, you know, like they're, they're not used to smoking cigarettes. They're not used to smoking weed. Like they're not used to that. 
and it's and it's hard to tell somebody like ah you should actually probably start by smoking or dabbing or 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 going down some path because and this is where this is where they don't know anything that you have to tell them like yeah when thc breaks down in your liver it actually changes and it becomes like five times more psychoactive than if you're just in, than if you're just smoking it or or inhaling it so when you if you if you want to start on edibles that's fine but start very 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 low like 2.5 milligrams and then inevitably they always ask like well how much do you take and it's like mm, uh, <laughs> what what i take would put you down don't do as i do do as i say yeah exactly but i mean like it's part of that you know that's that's why it's important and that's and that's some of the tools that i get by doing these tours is understanding the populations and and understanding our consumer bases and and who's going to be coming into our store who's going to be spending the most money in our store and and how am i going to get a return customer out of that person the the tours make it so easy for that yeah i saw when i was reading about the tours on the website that Again, it's like good marketing is so subtle and it's just the nice flow for the consumer journey. Again, I think most people won't really acknowledge that they're being marketed to 24 seven. Like everything is essentially marketing, but sometimes it's like, Ooh, it's by your favorite celebrity. So it doesn't look like marketing. It just sounds like, Ooh, a friendly PSA. And so I think what y'all have done is very nice. You're exposing them to the educational track. And then I saw there was like a piece that uh, right after they get to hold the pound, they get to, um, like be connected essentially to a bud tender to answer their questions. And I think that that's so smart because obviously people are going to, I love that you highlighted, you know, the, just the different demographics from an age perspective, because I do think, and like, wow, so freaking wild to think about. There are children who are of legal age who are growing up in markets where all they have access to is legal cannabis. Um, it's definitely not something obviously here in Texas, we get to claim just yet. So we're still playing in a, in a, in a twisted gray area, but to think there are a lot of states that are legalizing, a lot of consumers are now being exposed to legal cannabis. And so they're coming into the store and they're wanting to know what is going to do it for me. If you have an ache or a pain or you want help with sleep, obviously there's a lot of anecdotal information out there. And before we were recording, you kind of highlighted the amount of information that is probably inaccurate that marketers share and regurgitate and highlight. And so not that it's necessarily, I mean, I was going to say not that it's all bad information, but some of it is bad information. So really if people are, you know, not qualifying their sources, please do better, <laughs> try to do as much research as you can, but it's hard. It's hard to know how to have that conversation then with a consumer who's like, Hey, I want to take it for X, Y, or Z ailment. Now you're trying to plug in products that, or terpenes or cannabinoids that could potentially help them. And here in Colorado, we actually can't elude. Like when we're, if I was a bud tender, I can't tell you that this strain will do X, Y, Z to you, or this product will help you sleep, or this product will help your anxiety. I can't say that stuff to you. I can actually only give you anecdotal evidence. So I can say like, if, if I handed you, you know, like what's a racy strain, tangerine haze. If I handed you tangerine haze, I could say, this makes me really lively. This makes me really active. This makes my heart pound really. But I can't say that that will do the same effect for you. That's kind of a blessing in disguise. 
a blessing in disguise from the Colorado state regulatory system, because like, it does mean that we are not going to sit here and not give you guys facts. Like, we're not going to tell you that this is, that this is, that this is the end all be all of sativas or anything like that. We can't do that kind of stuff. So when I'm educating people and, and we're talking about using that information for marketing, it's easy. It, it, it is really easy for marketers in this space and in my market, in Colorado market, to just rely on sativa, indica, and hybrid um, as ways to describe strains because, you know, the consumer populace already understands that for the most part. And we can, you know, again, for the most part, really kind of put our strains into those three categories. But then you get into it, but then you get into it, like, and that's, and that's what's getting more and more interesting in these days is, is learning how are we going to market this beyond sativa, indica, and hybrid? How, how are we going to like let people understand those terpenes and those cannabinoids and, and the knowledge that we're gaining from this? Um, the research is just starting. So this is all just going to keep changing and changing and changing. And it's going to affect people's journeys, right? But it doesn't necessarily have to. That's why these tours and that's why this educational process, which is a cornerstone of our business model, that's why it's so vastly important that we do these things and we continue to do these things. Um, Because as far as an industry goes, like on a national level, we have zero consensus on anything other than like, yes, this is weed. That's, That's pretty much all that we can all agree on. You go to the beer, the beer industry or the whiskey. I mean, oh my God, look at the whiskey industry. If you buy your grain from out of state in Kentucky, it's no longer Kentucky whiskey. Tennessee whiskey, same thing. There's so many qualifications to make a Tennessee whiskey or make a Kentucky whiskey or like what, whatever it may be, or a, or a, a bourbon. Um, there's so many qualifications for that. And people meet those. We don't have any qualifications for anything currently in the industry. Um, and I think that that's, I think that that will change drastically when we have a national market um, that we have to contend with. And when we have, when we have these bigger corporations that are, that are literally coming in and spending millions upon millions of dollars to create those qualifications or create those regulations that they want to see that helps them in the market. I don't know how to fact check this. So someone, if you're listening, go Google all this, this word vomit that I'm about to share. But I heard that there's a a group, an entity at a federal level that's trying to meet to issue, you know, regulations, qualifications, if you will, on the industry at a national level. And it's like all the big players from, you know, big pharma, tobacco, alcohol, and It's just, again, we've been talking so much about, you know, from being a consumer to being in the industry, the consumer doesn't realize all these different pieces are playing effect. And I mean, you just highlighted it too, bringing up sativa and indica for the end consumer. They just want to have access to the plant. They have heard it can help them. They've maybe read a blog or two here or there that this is, you know, good for their ailments. They maybe come qualify that with you, the dispensary, the bud tender, they get steered in a direction. But you and I know, yes, weed is weed, but there's so much variation to the quality, to these different strains, to the research and the science behind it. 
And so I do think as a marketer, it's very exciting, but also challenging taking a bite out of that and trying to distill it down for the consumer when you realize there's there's a lot a lot of stuff happening at a higher level, higher level. I love my cannabis puns, but, uh, you know, happening that maybe the consumer isn't privy to. That is why there are so many parameters or restrictions for how they ultimately get access to the plant. So a question I kind of have for you, knowing that, you know, before we were recording, we were talking about different strains and the variability of different strains and what grows in Colorado is probably not going to survive and do well in California and vice versa. So how do you view strains at Seed and Smith, knowing that you are growing for the experience of a, of a production for consumers to witness, but you're also growing to have your own products. I observe that you are distributing those products in other dispensaries. So you're not only servicing your own dispensary, you are also servicing other dispensaries. How do you start having the conversation around, we should grow this strain and this strain is really good for this, that, and the other, or like, what is that conversation like on the cultivator side, I guess? we're going to grow this strain or this seed because we heard that it's really, is it, is it because of how it looks? Is it because of how it smells? Is it because of the terpene profile? And another quick note, you know, prior to, I think the CBD market really blowing up, I remember coming to Colorado in particular and shopping at some dispensaries. You never saw CBD ratioed products. It was all just THC and it was all just percentages. And so you go in a dispensary, you're like, yeah, I want a sativa. And oh, this is a really good sativa because it smells good, looks good, whatever has these TERP profiles. But it's just still a disconnect from what the strain is actually doing. It's all marketing. So I'm trying to understand from your perspective, operating a business that has kind of capitalized on the experience of cannabis, there's also the benefit of that plant. And one plant could be more beneficial than another plant for someone. Quick break to say thank you to Restart CBD for sponsoring this podcast. Restart CBD is a brand my sisters and I founded in our hometown in Austin, Texas. We operate a retail location as well as an e-commerce store, and you can browse our wide range of CBD products at restartcbd.com. Again, thank you to Restart for allowing me the time and resources to put on To Be Blunt. I hope you'll check them out for your CBD needs. Let's go back to the episode. What I can tell you is that as the legend goes, when I find a strain that I love, I go to my grower, I kick in the door first off. You got to kick in the door. Every time you do it, you got to kick in the door. And I tell them, this is what we're growing because this is going to be the game changer, man. But in reality, it's what's available. We hunt for phenotypes um, with every strain that we grow from seed. Um, occasionally we'll find cultivars that we're like, man, that is, that is a great, great cut right there. Let's go see if we can find this in metric somewhere. Uh, metric is our, is our, um, inventory regulatory body. So anything that we take into our shop, as far as genetics go, has to be in that system, or we have to, we have to grow it within our own R and D. And we go back and forth on this. We, we really do. It's, it's, it's a hard discussion in, uh, when, when you're talking about genetics because there are some strains that just are not friendly to growers. Friendly to consumers, not friendly to growers. 
growers. There are some strains that are really friendly to growers, but don't have terps worth worth anything. Don't have trichomes worth anything. You know what I mean? But they grow big, beautiful buds. So it's 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 always trying to find a happy medium between what is going to work for marketing and what is going to work for the grower. Um, we always want healthy plants. So if anything, if anything that I ever suggest or the bosses suggest or anything like that, if it doesn't work well in our grow, it's not going to make the list period. But saying that, like me personally, I would love to start marketing some of these classical strains. Um, I would love to bring back Northern Lights really heavy skunk. Um, oh, just some nasty skunk from back in the day. Skunk number 11 from Amsterdam was just probably the funkiest smelling strain ever. Flow is another one uh, that, that's, that's known here in Colorado. It was big in like 2012. Um, and it was, it was a really, really great strain, but it, it just kind of dies down. It's such a vast question to say, like, how do we do this? Because it, it really, and I guarantee you that it's got to be the same in every other business. Like we have battles over this stuff. Like we, we have knockdown drag outs. We have parties where we all smoke different strains and trying to figure out what exactly it is that we're trying to grow or um, what effects we want from it. And, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I want, I want our consumer to feel confident that we've done everything that we could um, beforehand to bring them a class, uh, class A genetics um, and a class A um, uh, session, like just above and beyond what they could have hoped for in terms of cannabis. Um, And so sometimes, sometimes I win that battle of, yeah, I don't like, I want this strain because it's, it's, it grows really well. It's got really good hues to it. It's got really good trichome coverage, yada, yada, yada. Um, And sometimes I lose that battle where it's like, yeah, but it's not growing well and it doesn't, and it doesn't produce a lot per plant and it doesn't like so forth and so on. So there's gotta be that happy medium of, a little bit of marketing, a little bit of production. One, thank you for sharing that transparently. I, I understand the question necessarily didn't net like one particular answer. It's more just appreciative of the thought process behind and highlighting the real struggle of trying to connect from a marketing perspective, the actual, like you said, production perspective. But what I was going to say is bringing it back to a medicinal conversation, which again, I do think whether you're using it recreationally or not, there's medicinal benefits to cannabis. That's why you're consuming it. It makes you feel good. It helps you sleep better, whatever the case may be. But when you're looking at it from a medicinal perspective, medicine is repeatable. Medicine is consistent. Medicine is something that I can say, okay, when I take my pill A, I know that when I take the next pill in the sequence, it's going to be the same dose. It's going to be the same production. And I find cannabis obviously is inconsistent in that regard. Maybe, you know, you had a bad season, you're growing outdoor and, you know, the genetics altered. Maybe grower A to grower B who's growing the same seed can yield a different genetics, a different crop. And so, It's just, again, to kind of highlight more for the industry as marketers, a lot of it is marketing and there might, yeah, there might be some science behind it, but I think that's where it's trying to connect the dots between this is all the information we know. This is what the consumer is asking for. Now, how do I help guide the consumer? So for us, I find 
that there is obviously not one strain that fits all. Just like there's not one product, there still isn't one pill that does everything. Hell, you listen to some of these pill commercials and it says, take this pill for depression and anxiety, but then it will also give you, you know, suicidal thoughts. And it's like, whoa, okay. I didn't know. Renal leakage. <laughs> yeah, renal leakage. You're like, I now I have to take a pill for those things also. So it can compound certainly. But when you're trying to empower someone to take something that has to interact with their own biochemistry. It is a little bit nebulous because it's like, again, anecdotally, I know this works for me when I take this, when I do this combination. And so the consumer, I always try to highlight, they have to be kind of curious. You can educate, you can market, you can empower, you can provide products, you can provide resources. But the goal for me is always getting that end consumer to be curious enough to play around. When I meet a customer and they call me and they say, hey, Shada, I took your product every day for 30 days and I didn't notice a difference. I'm like, well, how much were you taking? And they start telling me, oh, it was this product bottle? It was this milligram? I'm like, you're telling me you have chronic pain and you've been taking five milligrams of CBD. Did you ever think to take the full dropper at 20 milligrams? Did you ever think to exceed the dropper? And so it's kind of, again, getting consumers to be curious themselves to play around the amount of edibles I've eaten. I mean, you highlighted edibles take some time to take effect. Some take longer. Sometimes a five milligram hits like a 10 milligram. Sometimes a 10 milligram doesn't hit me at all. I bought some, um, I'm not going to name the brand, but I bought some gum from a dispensary in Colorado not that long ago. And I chewed at least five or six pieces and each piece was supposed to be 10 milligrams. And I don't know if I felt it. So <laughs> I know who you bought. I bet I could tell you. I bet I could tell you who you bought. But there's so much variation to these products that even fitting a consumer to a strain or to a brand, they still have to put it in their bodies and see how their bodies are responding to it. And that's what I try to tell everybody. Um, you know, we, we've talked about this too. It's, it's a journey. It's your journey. It's not my journey for you. It's not me marketing a journey for you. It's you literally taking the time um, and, and the, it's, it's, it's you taking the time to understand what your body is able to handle, what your body wants to handle and what this, whatever product it may be is doing for you. Now, my journey took me years to figure out, years to figure out. And it's now it's so, it's my, my regimen is so tight that it is almost like I'm taking a pill that does the same thing every single day. And it's taken me years to develop that. And nobody's helped me on that. No, there, there's not been one person who's been like, oh, Rob, you need to smoke this because this is going to be the greatest. This is something that we have to do ourselves. And so, you know, going back to these tours, that's why they are, that's why they're important. That's why it's good marketing is because I'm not trying to market a product to you. I'm trying to, what I'm trying to market to you is your own empowerment, is your own knowledge base that you can take within your own hands and you can take that journey and, and, and find out for yourself. And all it's going to cost you is, is the ability to be uncomfortable for a short amount of time. Again, I'm not trying to push information onto you that this is Bible. This is how it goes. All I'm trying to do is give you the tools to understand, you know, what's the process like for growing pot? You know, when you go to a brewery or something like that, they, they tell you about, oh, we take this corn and we take this grain and we put it all with the sugar. They go through that whole process of how they brew that beer and how they, and how they distill that alcohol. And that's all that I'm trying to do for people here is this is how it's grown. 
this is this is what it's done. That in itself really seems to de-escalate people from the horrible information that they've given, been given about cannabis since the DARE program, which was a horrible, horrible failure. And like, you know, the, the first thing I tell everybody is cannabis is not a gateway drug. If anybody who has smoked cannabis comes to you and says that, oh, it was, it was the gateway. It's like, mm, was it, or was there, was there other, was there other things that were in there that, that, that kind of led you to other drugs? Because it's just not like, it's, it's not, it, it's not inviting for other drugs. Um, cannabis does fine by itself, but you like alcohol, you bring that into this situation and alcohol is a gateway. Alcohol is a stimulant and it, and it can use other stimulants to make it more effective. Um, and, and cannabis is just not that way. And so it's, it's so, it's so de-escalating for people when they hear stuff like that and they hear like, Oh, this isn't the boogeyman that I was taught that it was for, for 30, 40 years. No, no, it's just a plant. Come into my garden. Like you said, see, we're all respectful, upstanding citizens. We have jobs. We show up to work just like you guys do. We like to consume some cannabis. This is how it's done. You can take it. You can leave it. You can consume a lot. You can consume a little. You can smoke it. You can eat it. But this is what it is. It's not some scary boogeyman. Kind of with that, I want to hear from your perspective, you know, what is the tour like? Obviously, with COVID, you're not doing the tours. Are the tourists coming back? Is that something that you're hoping to reintroduce soon? And what can people expect on the tours? We moved them to virtual, um, which was a, a lesson in itself. And, you know, I've, I've had a really mixed bag of, of experiences with that since we, we started doing them regularly in September of last year. Um, we did a few before then, like during the code, during COVID and everything, but I really wanted to like do it regularly and we've been doing it regularly since then. And, uh, you know, some days I have like 20 people on there and they're just all very quiet, just all, you know, listening in and, and I guess maybe taking notes or something. Um, and then there's other days when I have two or three people and I end up spending an hour of my time afterwards, like just talking to them. And then just, you know, we're, we're, you know, they're going over their growing methods. Like, is this right? Is this right? And I'm like, you know, I'm not here to teach you how to grow. I'm here to give you like, there's plenty of um, outlets for that. Reddit is a, is a great place to learn how to grow. There's certainly uh, uh, seed forums and everything like that, where people can go learn how to grow. If, if you're really, really curious, my level is more of a one one It's more, it's more of just showing you the overview. With the virtual tours, it was really good because I could walk around the whole facility and kind of give people this really big overview of what our facility is. The tour, when it's in person, because of of individuals like bringing in you know pests or having powdery mildew dust on them or anything like that, we don't let them into any of the actual rooms and touch the flowers and get their hands all over it because this is actually a production facility. Um, so you see everything through a window. Obviously, you can smell it because you can smell it halfway down the street. What we're doing now is like we're we're setting back, and we're, we're we do want to bring these back to in-person tours. And I think from the work that I've done virtually and the work that we've done with the tours before this, like we've learned a little bit. Like there there are still some questions that people have outside of just the growing process or the extraction process, which is basically what we show. We show you from basically the point of beginning of life 
until the very end when it is either packaged or extracted. And then that material, you know, goes off to the consumer. So you get to see every aspect of growth and extraction and packaging and, and just how this plant moves through our entire pipeline. Now, like, you know, we've had a lot of questions about consumption. We've had a lot of questions about history. And I think that's where we're going to evolve this tour a little bit more is to give people an insight into, you know, you and I as individuals and, and our advocacy and what it, what it has taken from us as a community to get this done, to get it legalized in Colorado, first in California and then first recreational in Colorado and so forth. Um, so people are really interested in that aspect. And again, I think all that does is destigmatize us. It gives, it lends, it lends its hand to showing that we are just professionals trying to do a professional job. And then on top of that too, a lot of my, uh, a lot of the older, you know, a lot of the older demographics that we talked about earlier, they have so many questions about consumption. Like what is a blunt? Like I, I've literally been asked that, like, what is a blunt? And it's hard to explain to like a 55 year old lady what a blunt is, but it's like, well, okay. So you take a cigar, you empty the guts out. We're going to put a little bit of weed in there. We could put some more tobacco in there and that's a blunt. Like you roll back up and then it's just like a joint, but it's with, with cigar wraps. And so like, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to expand that idea too. I mean, you talked about experimentation. I'll, I'll admit, I mean, I consume a lot, but I don't do a ton of dabs just because one, the accessibility of the product for me to like get at a consistent basis. It's obviously not like dealers are like, I got some dabs for you. And even then no black market stuff ever. I don't want to dabble with that. But considering how involved I am in the industry, I personally, I've become more educated through guests like yourself sharing this thought with me but I don't know a ton about dabs. It's overwhelming for me. And I'm still super experimental in cannabis. I can't imagine 55 plus person who's like, Oh, what's a dab? Well, you know, what's a rig? Or, like my vision is like, I just remember you need like a torch lighter. And obviously now there's new technology. You don't need to go that explicit with it, but. Well, and like that, like how methy was that? Right. Like they were torching up this glass and then we got to put this little stone in there. Well, it could be crack. It could be pot. Who knows? But no, (laughs) like how much we've come from, you know, just doing shatter. Shatter is what everybody in the country kind of knows. And it's like, wow, in Colorado, that's like the base level. That's like the entry level. But live resins, rosins, like all these new age kind of really, you know, not even focused on they are focused on, on the THC content of it, but also focused on the flavor aspect, the terpenes that are present in there. Um, like I can almost not go back to wax because of live resin because it's just such a better quality of flavor, you know, like talking, (laughs) talking about these things and then going outside of Colorado and seeing like what Illinois is producing as far as dabs and concentrates go. I'm like, Oh my God, I got, I want to touch this with a 10 foot pole. Like, this is gross. Like, what are you, why are you guys smoking this? Does it, does it sparkle every time you put it in, in, in a dab rig? But that's, I think the observation of the immaturity of the market in it's so 
crazy just because yes, it's becoming legalized in different capacities across the United States, but because there's no interstate commerce, because it's not federally legal, you have markets that are having to literally start from scratch. God bless them if they've come from another market that already existed and they can kind of, you know, take some of that influence back. But then you're also met with the restrictions and regulations of your particular state. So like you highlighted in the beginning, like Colorado is now trying to limit the THC count. Well, that puts a cap on the type of products. You being the consumer has to be very aware that weed is not always weed, depending on where you're going. And also you need to take some of the ownership to be curious, to ask questions, to obviously shop and be educated by people who you trust, knowing that not everything that any of us are saying, I mean, I hope to God people are questioning half the things that I say on this podcast because it's all anecdotal, right? It's all things I've heard from someone else. Um, there's no school for cannabis, although people are certainly trying to establish, you know, legitimacy to that. But it's all just like we're all learning from each other. We're all infants. We're all toddlers teaching further toddlers, you know, about this plant. To be honest, I'm gonna I'm gonna share. I had not heard of y'all prior to um, getting connected for this podcast. Oh, really? And so I, yeah, which is so shocking to me because I feel like everything that you're doing with the grow tour is like right up my alley. Like I would be like the first consumer who's like. I want to take pictures for Instagram. I want to be educated. Like I want to go check out a new dispensary. And over the years, I've just resorted to going to like the convenience of the dispensary that I shop with at a regular basis when I'm in town. Um, And so I'm a little bit like, you know, one, hopefully giving you some highlights of there's always new people to be marketed to. Even if you think you're marketing to them, like, again, I, I say this to the listeners because I think I'm super educated and I spent a lot of time in Denver. And the fact that I didn't really know about this brand is like so shocking to me, I'm almost like hitting myself because I'm like, this is totally a brand that I would want to shop with and and be a part of. Um, but I just think it's uh, it's all part of it, right? It's just communicating your values like you highlighted that this component is a core value for the brand. And well, and like and like I said earlier, too, like we're, we're a younger company, like we we formed together in in. 2014 and then we didn't open our doors until 2017 um our first our first week was uh was in may 2017 for medical only and then we didn't open recreational for another four or five months so i mean we're still young we're still really young um but we have because we've made education and destigmatizing a huge part of our business model uh, marketing came along with that. You don't see a lot of marketing. You 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 said this earlier. You don't see a lot of marketing in the Colorado in the Colorado sector. Um, but we we noticed how doing just even the bare minimum, just even doing the bare minimum of marketing, we're able to get our voice out there, and we're able to be we're able to be impactful. Um, so me coming from journalism to this kind of position. I was actually in logistics before I started doing this community outreach Um, and um, being able to give people forthright information um, that, that we've, that we've taken the time to look into, that we've taken the time to study um, even though there's a huge lack of it. It's, it's been really, really good and it's resonated very well with the populace. We are a brand that, 
that exemplifies that education that's destigmatizing. De but also, we're not here to say that we're doing everything so groundbreaking. Uh, we've made some groundbreaking uh, products. Our DART, our DART system, our DART pod system is is one of the vape, best vape systems I have ever encountered. Um, and I've, I've actually was part of the release of the PAX era here in Colorado. So I do, I like, I, I have plenty of experience with vape products and I love the dart, um, our joint packs. We, we have a, we have an eighth rolled into joint packs that are in a nice durable plastic case. That's, you know, not waterproof, but water resistant and it keeps everything in there. It has no metal or anything. So you can take it with you anywhere you want to go. Um, you know, like things like that, like we're, we're trying to be groundbreaking in those experiences, but as far as cannabis and business goes, we're not, we're not groundbreaking. We're, we're doing the same thing that everybody else is doing and everybody's doing the same thing as we're doing. Um, we're just doing, we're, we're doing these tours, which is the different aspect. Um, and we're doing this destigmatizing, which is again, we're, we're just, we're just bringing people in, man. We just want to show people what we do. Um, and I think that that has, that has resonated with the populace. I think that's resonated with every demographic group that we've talked about. Um, and I think that's, that's why you're seeing our star rise as quickly as it is, is because, I mean, frankly, we get, we give a shit. We give a shit what your journey is like, and we and we and we want we want it to be better, and we want it to be as as class A as possible. Okay, you've made it till the end. If you're still with me, consider yourself blessed with an opportunity. Maybe we'll see. So, for those of you who are tuning in, I want to offer you the chance to have 30 minutes free unobstructed time with me one on one. And the way that you can be entered to win that time is to find your favorite episode. If it's this episode, wonderful. If it's a previous one, great. I want you to share that episode on social media, preferably Instagram, and tag the show at to be blunt pod. For everyone who enters, I'm going to pick a lucky winner and connect with you. I want to be of service. I want to help answer questions. I want to um, have my brain picked. I really just want to create a dialogue. So I'm trying some things out. So if you are listening and you are like, man, you know what? I would really love to get Shada's thought on this, that, or the other. It's really easy. All you got to do is go to the gram, pick a favorite episode, share it, tag me, and then, you know, cross your finger. episode of To Be Blunt? Be sure to visit theshadatarabi.com slash to be blunt for more ways to connect. New episodes come out on Mondays. And for more behind the scenes, follow along on Instagram at theshadatarabi. 